Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Switching around a little bit. JT's chair appears to be more comfortable than Rebecca's chair. She's got to sit a little bit higher. A little higher. There you go. Yeah, I came in earlier, and JT was all kind of slouched down, and he hangs out. Studio X, we are at the mothership today at Sports Talk Mississippi with you, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, other side of the glass. I'm actually looking at him live and in person. Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, they are also live and in person. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the show. Glad to have you along. You can text us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Love to hear from you. That is the easiest way to do it. Borky, what's up? Not a whole lot on a Thursday. Yeah, weekend Super just Bowl around the corner. Thursday, man. It is. Kind of came up on us quick. Yeah, it feels like the uh, the buzz is starting to pick up a little bit. It's finally a standalone thing. And I don't mean that in a negative or positive way. That's just kind of how the news cycle has worked this week. But yeah. the Super Bowl is mostly the only thing that the sports world is talking about now. Uh, so things have kind of settled in for the big game because you can't call it the Super Bowl. I don't know if you knew that. Did you know that? Yeah, I'm going to call it the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, you, but you knew that, right? And the NFL calls it the Super Bowl. And the whole you can't – I mean, I get – I guess what they're doing, but, I mean, it's kind of like the ultimate in greed and selfishness. Who cares? They let all the radio stations and all the TV stations and whatever else call their coverage surrounding it the Super Bowl because it's the Super Bowl no, that you're covering. it's the big game. That's right. I understand that. <laughs> but the NFL – what does the NFL call it? The Super Bowl. Why are you not allowed to say that? Yeah, I mean, like it's from a, a marketing a and branding yeah. standpoint, they make people pay for the. Basically, the NFL's partners are allowed to use Super Bowl in promotion of whatever it is they do. But if you're not an official partner where you pay the league an obscene amount of money to be one of their recognized partners, then. Well, you don't get to say Super Bowl. That's right. Yeah, like I went to the grocery store last night, and they have the big display and everything, and it says the big game. My years not the in the Super pizza Bowl. business before they were the official sponsor. Yeah, anything, any marketing that was done was around the big game. Yeah, you know what I'd do if I were the NFL? I would copyright the big game as well, and make people pay for the right to <laughs> now use we're talking. the big game. Well, what do you call it after that? If Super Bowl and big game is gone, what do you call it next? The Large football contest. A massive matchup. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, whatever. Madness in Miami. Spent, never mind the NFL copywriting that. Can we do that? Can, can we get a copyright on the big game? We you have a lawyer in-house, right? Make it happen. You'd probably get denied because it's such a, a commonly used phrase, so you'd have to use it with specific instance for... We would be like Ohio State. ...this game that's happening in Miami. Trying to get the copyright. Yes. We would like to copyright the word the. Yeah. Or the, if you prefer. Uh, Thanks for being with us this afternoon. A ton to get to. The news came out. I mean, I guess in some circles you kind of knew the number. 
and everybody had estimated the number, but now you officially have the number. And the number we're talking about is the payment that every school in the Southeastern Conference gets from the league in terms of revenue distribution. The check, actually, it's not a check, technically. Although I really think there's a massive marketing opportunity that has been missed by the Southeastern Conference that's really good at marketing. There is no reason in the world that they should not, at spring meetings, hand out 14 oversized cardboard (laughs) checks. That's such a good idea. That should happen, and they should take pictures and put them all over social media and make it a big deal. Instead, they tell the schools at SEC spring meetings what the distribution is going to be, and then on June 30th, that money is actually wired into the school's accounts. This year, the number... $44.6 $44.6 million. $44,000, I'm sorry, $44,600,000. I guess the 600000 is almost just a rounding error. But nonetheless, there are a lot of, when you think about it, there are a ton of schools across the country that would benefit from the SEC's rounding error. An additional $600,000 in their budget would go a long way and would do a lot of things. But in the SEC, that's just the point and a number at the end. $44.6 million. The $651 million that was divided among 14 schools includes, um, let's see, $624.2 million distributed from the conference office, plus $26.8 million retained by the institutions that participated in bowl games to offset travel and other bowl-related expenses. Slightly over $44.6 million per school. And if you're wondering, Ole Miss is the school of the 14 that gets a smaller cut. Uh, that will be Missouri next year, because Missouri was not eligible for postseason competition this season in terms of football. Uh, Ole Miss is about $8 million less, so $36.6 million, give or take, for Ole Miss. Uh, that number on June 30th, Ole Miss will go back to a full share. So next year they will get the roughly $45 million in revenue distribution from the SEC. I say next year. I mean, it's later this year. So that will happen on June 30th. And I did did some checking. So it's about, over the course of two years, $16 million has been withheld from Ole Miss. $8 million, $8 million. And I'm rounding, using round numbers there. Uh, They will get $8 million of that back assuming no additional Level 1 or Level 2 violations on de- in December of 2022. So two years from this December, basically $2.5 million, they'll get an $8 million check back. That money's being held in an account in escrow, and uh, we'll get that if uh, they are good boys and girls between now and then. People talk often Keep your about... wallet in your pocket there, Cross. Don't, 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 do, anything, don't do anything you should I have no money to give for things like that. What was that, Borky? Uh, just people talk often about bubbles and, and bursting and how long is the SEC going to be able to, to manage this with the, the trend in viewership and how people are cutting the cord. I think we are in a very unique instance when talking about SEC sports in particular where I don't know if we're in a bubble because the demand will forever exist here. I don't think that's going away as much as it would, say, in 
any other region of the country. Yeah. I mean, maybe there is a bubble because technology and stuff and everything is trending towards streaming, but there will always be the demand in this region of the country for full access to your SEC football programs. So I don't know if this number is going to shrink like some people think it is because there will always be a demand for it, and especially now live sports programming is like the only thing that's valuable left in television. So I don't know if it's a bubble the way people talk about it anymore. Yeah. Um, you're on to something there, I think. The payment this year was an increase of about a million and a half over last year. So 40... Oh, what was it? 43.1 last year. 43.1 million last year and uh, 44.6 million this year. A lot of money floating around uh, if you are an SEC school. And it's going to get bigger. I mean, what we're, we're three years away from uh, the CBS deal coming to an end, and all signs point to ESPN slash ABC slash Disney uh, buying out that piece of real estate in terms of uh, television market. Uh, I think, Borky, we were talking a few minutes ago, the baseline for that is $300 million. I, I think probably more like somewhere between 325 and 350 is where it ends up. And if you're trying to do the math at home on what that means, two things to remember. One, the current number is $55 million, and so you got to subtract that out of whatever the new number is. So let, let, let's just use round numbers to make this easy. And we'll say that the, the new deal is $305 million, which is a, a conservative estimate. So you subtract the, uh, the 55 from 305, you're left with $250 million. You divide that by 15, because remember the conference office gets a share, and that is an additional $16.7 million. However you slice it, SEC schools four years from now, before they sell a single ticket, before they get a single donation, before there's any sponsorship revenue or any other form of revenue that comes in the door, they will have $60 million. Not a bad starting point. I expect a huge jump in the quality of catering in these press boxes. You think that's where the money's going? I think some of it should go there, by God. What would you like to see that you don't have now? A carving station, a little prime rib action. Okay. Why not? Is there anybody in specific that you're asking for that, or do you think that should be like well, I mean, across the board? It should be across the board, but obviously I would like it at Mississippi State since that's where I do the most of my work. Okay. What, what, what is the general menu right now? Oh, you know, it's, it's good. It's usually uh, you know, pork chops, baked chicken, some vegetables. I mean, doing a prime rib carving station would have probably only cost you a couple of thousand dollars additional for a year. Why not do it? Make it happen. Do you have any requests, Rippy? Cinnamon ice cream. Oh, come on. There you go. Now we are on to something. Come over there. I wonder if Mississippi State's ice cream operation, if they've ever uh, toyed around with cinnamon in the ice cream. I can find out. They do a lot of dairy stuff. They don't have ice cream up there? They have ice cream. Okay. You, you, didn't get any at the pr- you didn't get any at the Egg Bowl? You didn't get ice cream? Oh. I don't think so. Ooh, I grabbed some on the way out the door. It was delicious. I had a halftime hot dog. Ooh. Mm, good call. Good call. Big time hot dog guy. Sports Talk Mississippi just getting started with you Thursday afternoon. We will be right back. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's go to the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Don't forget this winter you can skip the waiting room and beat cold and flu season faster with C Spire Health. A lot of you. 
a lot of you have downloaded the C Spire Help app, uh, Health app, and you have used the app to schedule a visit to connect with a trusted UMMC clinician right from your phone. It's convenient. It's easy. And if you're a C Spire customer, for a limited time, those visits are only $29, which is probably less than your current copay. You can learn more at cspirehealth.com. Um, somebody, hey, Dad, says, carving station, come on. Need a beer station now that it's legal. Get your priorities straight. Not, not at state yet. Yes, I know. So, is, there, is there any discussion about that happening this year? I, I talked to John Cohen uh it's been a few months, okay. Uh, and I know that my podcast partner Joel Coleman has talked to him as well. I will be surprised if alcohol is at Mississippi State this football season. It, they don't have. They didn't jump on the alcohol thing. No, no. Why? Uh, it just doesn't seem like that's what they're going to do. Has, has there been any they rationale hate. given? Not really. More or less that they just want to make sure that everything's the way they want it to be. The, the, the rationale they give is they talk about a safety issue, but obviously that's an interesting statement, right? Because if it's a safety issue, why is it a safety issue in Starkville, but it's not in Oxford and Baton Rouge, anywhere else, places that Mississippi State fans are going to go this year? Sure. You know, you just had a bowl game in an NFL stadium where they sell beer. Yeah. Um, so I'm not I'm not 100% behind that rationale, but that's, that's what they're saying. You know, it, it's fascinating to me on a couple of levels. One, I think a significant number of the fans want it. I don't know what that number is. Is it 60%? Is it 50%? Is it 20%? You know, whatever. And I'm not saying you always do things just because fans want it. But the other thing is, it's a revenue piece. And there is a fairly significant amount of money that you're leaving on the table. So, Yeah, I mean, and you're not wrong. Because for Mississippi State, a program that, you know, not hurting for money, obviously, but doesn't really I don't really feel like they're in the position to sneeze in an extra million million five a year. So I'm 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 surprised they're not going that way, especially when you know Ole Miss is on it, Southern's on it. But it, I, like I said, I, at this time, and it, it could change between now and, and August. But I'll be surprised if, if alcohol sales are allowed at Davis Wade in 2020. Hmm. I guess we will uh, we will see. I was trying to somebody sent us a number. Uh, I think it was Charlie that sent us a number. Uh, about Powerball. Somebody hit the uh, Powerball last night, $396.9 million. That was sold in the state of Florida. Congrats to that person. They're no, doing good. No doubt. I tried to pull up the Powerball website, but we are blocked internally from being able to uh, do that because it is a gambling site. I didn't realize that was a thing. 28th largest U.S. Lo- in lottery history. It was bought at a convenience store in Florida. The cash option is $274.6 million. It was sold in Bonita Springs, which is uh, in Tampa, or at least outside of Tampa. Yeah. So, uh, good for them. You taking the cash option, or are you going annuity if you ever hit one? Of oh no, I'm absolutely going the cash option. Yeah, I mean, I get it all at once. Yeah, I mean, if you're smart with it, you can yeah. you can outpace the annuity's interest. Right now, if you think you're going to go out and blow 200 million bucks, then take the 40 million a year for the next 40 years, or yeah. however long it is. You get all the money that way. You have to pay taxes. So I was looking at this not too long ago. If you were to, as a Mississippian, win the Powerball, highest federal tax bracket, 37%. So I think they take 25% off the top, and then you're going to have to come up with the additional 12%. So you're looking at 37%, 5% state income tax. So you're looking at 42%, but you're still taking 58% of $275 million. You should be okay. It'll be okay. Yeah. It'll be okay. I mean, that, that leaves you... Plenty of money to, okay, I can take 
10 or 15 or 20 or however many million you want to and just go do whatever. Pay stuff off, buy a house, take an elaborate vacation, give some money to some friends, just blow it. Go buy a big boat, go buy a vacation house. Borky wants a mountain house. I think that's what he's told us he'd do with it. So you can do that and then take 150 or $175 million and go get somebody that's really, really good at what they do, like an institutional type investor. Yeah. The historic average of the stock market going back to the Great Depression is 10% return. Let compound interest do its thing. You should be good. And your children and your children's children and, and so forth. And and really, I mean, if if the, the returns are a little better than the, you know, the seven decade average, which in a given year they will be, you can take that hundred and seventy five million if you never actually touch it, and about thirty years down the road, you're a billionaire. Compound interest is the most amazing thing. I want Rippy to win the lottery because he'll redistribute the wealth amongst all of us. <laughs> I'll be gone tomorrow if I win the lottery to some island and no one will ever hear from me. Could you me send again. me like ten grand? You know, help me pay off some a debt or something. I'll think about it. All right, thank you. How much of it would you give away? How much did I win? Two hundred seventy-five million after taxes. Probably what one hundred and eighty or so. Eh, on three, y'all can have a C note. Thanks. Nice. 275 times 0.58 in Mississippi. That'd leave you with roughly $160 million. So you'd give us $100 a piece? Yeah. We would smile and say thank you, right, Borky? Go crazy. I'm not, I'm not turning it down. First thing you'd buy? Um. So I'm going to get a little sappy here. First thing I would do is, if my parents have any like mortgage or anything, pay that off yeah. and then give a ton of money to local animal shelters. There's oh, one nice. near my neighborhood that is severely underfunded, and the conditions are just brutal. And Give them a million bucks? It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then I would go buy that? a beach house and a mountain house and a car and stuff. But I, I would do it in that progression. Hey, Dad, do you need any help? No? Okay, good. Did you say, hey, Dad? Do you need... <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Animal shelter, give you a million bucks, and then I will spend the rest of it. I'm not going to give any to my kids, though. They have to be just like Dad and earn their money the hard way. So. This guy, he's doing that thing. I'd buy a plane. What, what billionaire is it that's not giving anything Bill to his Gates. kids? It's Gates, right? No, 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 no. That That is a myth. Is, is it, is and it a and it's a myth with Warren Buffett as well. I mean, they have signed the giving pledge where they will give all of their fortune away, uh, but both have set their descendants up for comfortable lives. I mean, come on. The guy's worth $100 billion. We really think he's not giving his kids anything? Well, and then, I mean, what is not giving his kids anything? Like, oh, I'm only giving them 1%. Well, that's a few hundred million dollars. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Super Bowl, Kansas City, one and a half point favorite. Question about the big game. Borky says you saw someone suggest that the country is going to be rooting for Kansas City because of the Andy Reid factor. Yeah, and uh, put a poll out there, and it seems like our listeners are the same. So, just simple question. Uh, who do you want to win the Super Bowl? Not who do you think, but who do you want? 75%, 76 now in favor of the Chiefs. And I've kind of seen that sentiment. It, based on the radio and interviews and stuff I've listened to, even players that, that are down in Miami, for some reason there's something about Andy Reid that makes people want him to win this game. Seems like a pretty level-headed dude. And I mean, he, you know, he's big, he's got the mustache and wears Hawaiian shirts to these suit meetings and... I mean, there's that picture of him when he did the punt, pass, and kick when he was a kid. It's just everything about him is just big and likable. And he's been there before and, and hasn't won one himself. 
got kind of a raw deal there in Philly, and it's kind of like a redemption tour for him. Did you see what he uh, said? Chiefs coach Andy Reid has nine grandchildren. He was asked about them. He says they keep you young, and at the same time, they make you feel old. It's kind of like sweet and sour pork. (laughs) See? He's perfect. (laughs) I'm a salt and pepper shrimp kind of guy, but sure. A friend of mine sent me a message that I've always wanted to see him win a Super Bowl since he lost his child. Uh, It was a tragic death. Um, Andy Reid had a son, I believe it was, that uh, passed away several years ago. And uh, in some ways makes him a sentimental favorite. He was a great coach in Philadelphia. And got them to a Super Bowl. But I guess like most things in life, certainly most things in sports, if you don't win it all and you don't win it all often enough, then eventually people are ready for a change. Is he the best coach in the NFL without a Super Bowl? Oh. I mean, just off the top of my head, I would say, yeah. Yeah, because Pete Carroll's got one. Peyton's got one. Sean Peyton's got one. Har- Bill Pelichick's got more than one. Harbaugh's got one. John Harbaugh John has Harbaugh. one. Yeah. yeah, not Jim. John. Uh, Jim's been to a couple, or been to one. Been to one. He lost to his brother. Not that he's a current NFL coach. All right. Um, Ron Rivera's up there. Rivera is the name I thought of. They've been would, to one. I would he think should have had one. Rivera should have won that Super Bowl. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I agree. If Cam dives on a fumble maybe they do possibly so so um, seems as if the sentimental favorites are Kansas City Chiefs going in here's a guy who is a sentimental favorite in Starkville among Mississippi State fans his name is Jake Mangum and when we come back with you on the Farm Bureau phone line Jake will join us Curious if this feels strange. This is the time of year where he should be getting ready for a college baseball season, but he is not. He is getting ready to head off to spring training. Jake Mangum joins us on the Farm Bureau phone line when we come back with you on this Thursday. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Thursday afternoon weekend just around the corner. Super Bowl on the horizon, and we are getting close to the start of the college baseball season. Two weeks from tomorrow, college baseball. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. Let's go to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. For each of the last 27 years... Jake Mangum has been getting ready to be a Mississippi State Bulldog during this time of the year. But after 27 seasons in Starkville, he's got something else on his mind. Jake, what's up, man? What's going on? How you doing? Did it feel like 27 years to you? It felt like a long time, but, uh, you know, four years was enough, and it was uh, <laughs> it's time for the next uh, next group of guys to kind of take the lead of the team. Is it a little strange for you, given that you were a four-year player and all the success that you had at Mississippi State, to be sitting here you know, with the calendar about to turn from January to February, so close to the start of the college baseball season, to not be a part of that? Uh, not, not really. You know, I, I love my time there so much, but it, it, it's, time, it's time to move on and start my next chapter of pro ball. Uh, uh, my first pro ball season went well, and I'm uh, I'm excited for my first full season coming up here shortly. And uh, I'm also excited to see how Mississippi State baseball team is. 
Does it feel like this is the start of your professional career? Career. So you go, you, you you play the short season last year after being drafted. You do the instructional leagues, but this is the first time with the full on spring training. It, 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 does this kind of feel like it's the beginning, or did you kind of get all of that out of the way, July, August, September of last year? I feel like that last short season uh, that, they, that they sent us to was more of like a it's kind of get your feet wet type thing. And uh, and yeah, you're right. I think that this year is kind of like this first year where you get to you get time to prepare for it, time to reflect on what you need to get better on and and work on that. And uh, and now it's time to go do it. Yeah. I'd agree with you for sure. Jake Mangum on the Farm Bureau phone line, getting set to uh, join the Mets in Port St. Lucie for uh, spring training that starts in uh, in a couple of weeks. So I'm I'm curious from a mindset. Obviously, you're a huge competitor. Everybody that that plays baseball and certainly that gets to the the college level and gets drafted has a dream of one day playing in the major leagues. There aren't that many guys that get there period, and even fewer guys get there quickly. So how do you balance? optimism for getting to the to the show quickly with the the kind of realistic nature of it takes some time and sometimes it takes some breaks to go your way yeah you know it's just being where your feet are you know just uh every day continue to get better and as long as you're um you're in living in the present not looking ahead or looking in the past you know you'll be in the right spot um you know, for me, I'm just trying to be, become a better baseball player. I know there's areas of my game I can improve on. I've tried to improve on them this off season and continue to do so throughout the season. Um, minor league baseball is tough, but uh, you know, if you have the right mindset going into it, you know, it's it, it's it's a it's a lot of fun actually. You know, just getting to play baseball every day. It's it, it's an opportunity not many people can have, and I'm very fortunate to be in the spot I'm in. I just got to keep going and uh, almost pay your dues in the minor leagues. And, and if you do it right and and do it well, you know, you got a good shot at making it. Where do you want to grow? Where, where do you want to get better? Where do you think your game needs improvement? Just all the way around, you know. Uh, I've been working on speed, strength, uh, you know, my swing. I've, I've made some adjustments with my swing. I think it's going to really benefit, benefit me. Uh, I'm looking to become a more complete hitter this year and, uh, you know, just continue to grow, man. Uh, I'm learning new stuff every day. Every day you're around some really great baseball players, so I'm I'm just trying to be a sponge and soak up everything I can. Yeah, Jake, I'm curious. I don't know if baseball, like other things, is kind of going to be cyclical because right now we're in a time in the professional game where it's home runs and strikeouts. And it doesn't seem, and maybe that's a little bit of a hyperbole, but it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of in between. You know, if you rewind a decade and a half, I mean, there's, you know, you got guys that just hit it and spray it all over the ballpark. So. I guess that's kind of a long-winded setup for what's your approach at the plate going to be? I know John Cohen told me a long time ago that if you needed to hit home runs, he felt like you could go out and hit home runs, but that wasn't necessarily what they needed from you at Mississippi State. So how does that line up with your approach at the plate? Well, at Mississippi State, you know, I understood that putting the ball in play and getting on base was was, my, was what I needed to do to help the team win. So now it's it's more along the lines of, I'm I'm trying to drive the baseball more, you know. Now that I'm in minor leagues, and I can work on things like that. And um, I'm just trying to evolve my game and to be a more of a power hitter and to do damage earlier in the count. Not necessarily just try to slap the ball and play 0-0 or 2-0. You know, do some damage, drive the ball in the gap. Um, I've never really, you know, worked on that part of my game. But now that I've had time to work on it, I feel like I'm ready to go. In college, I was just never to the spot that. 
um, you know, going into each season, I knew what I had to do. And, and if I was to change and try to be more of a power hitter in college and it didn't work, that, that would have really hurt our team's chances of winning ball games. So I, I just I wanted to hold off until I got the pro ball to kind of make that adjustment. Does the, does the swing path change for you? Yeah, yes. Um, whenever I start my swing now, I'm just getting on, path, getting on plane with the ball earlier. Instead of having more of a downward swing, it's more of an even swing. Hmm. Hey, Jake, it's Brian. Hey, Dad. Is that difficult? You know, you've you've, you've sort of swung the bat the, the the same way all this time. Your your swing is what got you to Mississippi State. How difficult a change is it to to make to to really tweak and, and your mechanics like that? Well, that's the beautiful thing about pro ball is your off season. You actually have an off season in college. You know, you go to summer ball. As soon as you get home, you're going to inter squads and fall practice. Then you get like a two week break for Christmas, and then right when you get back, it's time to go. So, I mean, there's never really a true offseason in college. In pro ball, they give you five months to really go home and work. And uh, it wasn't too long, too, too long for me to understand my swing path. And I, I love where I'm at. Um, I'm excited to see what happens, though, this year. It, it wasn't too much of a challenge. You know, it's just muscle memory. Baseball is a game of repetition. The more you do things, the better off you'll be. So you and Antoine Duplantis were together some last summer. Were you guys also together in the Dominican? Yes, uh, he he was also down in the Dominican with me for instructs in the fall. Yeah, he, he's a great guy, man. Terrific dude, and uh, he's a great ball player too. How much competition is there between the two of you, in that you both ultimately want to get to the big leagues as quickly as you can? Versus, it's kind of cool being teammates with the guy that that you've gotten to know. Well, the thing is, is you're competing against everybody. You know, yeah. it's not like you're just competing. I mean, of course, you're competing against the guys on your team, but man, you're competing against every outfielder in, in professional baseball. I mean, in minor league games, you have other professional teams come and scout your games because there's just so much change and so much trades and, and free agency, you name it. Man, you're competing against every outfielder in, in professional baseball. You're not just going against your organization. It, mm-hmm. it is everyone because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, and you see how many, how many teams people will pay, play for in their career. Now, if you could write the script, I'd love to play with the Mets my whole career and, you know, have a big league career with the Mets and never change. But realistically, people change or people switch teams and organizations. So, I mean, you're competing against everybody, everyone in professional baseball. That's a really interesting perspective and something that I haven't thought of, especially when you're at the minor league level. Um, you said you'd like to play with the Mets for your entire career if you could write the perfect script while certainly understanding that it's a business. Who was, 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 there a team that you followed growing up that was kind of your team in terms of professional ball? Yeah, you know, I followed the Braves because okay. the Double A team was in my backyard, right? Um, and um, you know, on TV they were always on TV in our region. So, grew up a Braves fan, and uh, you know, they had three opportunities to draft me. They they didn't see that I was the right fit, I suppose. So, <laughs> so now I'm in now I'm in the same division uh, and with the Mets. So hopefully I can make it up there and play against them. Yeah, it makes, it makes Joel Coleman cry every time he brings that up. I just want to let you know. There's four chances if you include high school. So Joel, yeah, I guess it, four, it, it kills him, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. It, there's something, though, that's kind of cool about the idea of playing baseball in the Big Apple. I mean, I, I'm a Yankees fan. Uh, I've been to a game at City Field. It's an unbelievable environment. The, the idea of getting to the big leagues and being able to play in that city, there's something pretty special about that. Yeah, uh, my first short season was in Brooklyn, so being in New York City, it, it was very eye-opening. It was a really cool experience, and uh, it's New York City, you know. You, you can't complain about that. It's, uh, you know, the Met Stadium's in Queens. It's, it's a cool cool area. 
Uh, the stadium's awesome. I went to a game this year. It's a really cool environment, man. I'd, I'd, I'd lo- absolutely love to be a part of it. Where's the ballpark in Brooklyn? Uh, on Coney Island. Uh, MGM Park for the Brooklyn Cyclones. Coney oh. Island, right right by the hot dog eating contest on the beach. Did, did you see the hot dog eating contest and that disgusting display while you were there? I did. I, I, you know, I thought it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I had to go check it out. <laughs> could, could you compete with those guys? Absolutely not. I don't know how they do it. It's disgusting, but it's it's a cool American tradition. It is. Uh, it's something, man. We really appreciate a few minutes of your time this afternoon, Jake. Wish you nothing but the best. Uh, Port St. Lucie, right? When do you report? March 8th is report date, but I'm going to go down a week early. So I'm going to leave whenever March hits and uh, head on down to Port St. Lucie and have a good spring training. And uh, opening day for the minor leagues is April 9th. Very, very cool. Jake, thanks for your time, man. Hope we can uh, can stay in touch. Absolutely. I'll be at the Oregon State Series, uh, catch a few ball games with the dude. So we'll hopefully see y'all there. Absolutely. Jake Mangum, all time hits leader in SEC history, joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line this afternoon. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Not that he's keeping score. Love the Braves. They could have drafted me three times. Four if you count high school, he said. Who cares, man? Big league baseball. Feels like it's in his future. Got a long road to go, though. And uh, March 8th, spring training begins for Jake and the Mets in Port St. Lucie. Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's take a quick timeout. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming online at supertalk.fm. Thursday afternoon, weekend just around the corner. The poll question today, it's a simple one. You don't even have to think. Well, I mean, I guess you got to think a little bit, but not a lot. What do you... No, not what... Who? I, I said it was simple, Borky. I can't even read. Well, what still applies, because a team is what, I guess. Who do you want to win the Super Bowl? Which team do you want to win the Super Bowl? The Kansas City Chiefs or the San Francisco 49ers? Who are you pulling for, Rip? Not to be neutral, but I would really actually be okay with both storylines. I think they're both pretty cool. Because it'd be Shanahan overcoming the 28-3 to thing. Like the Niners are probably the more complete team, and I don't feel like this is Mahomes' last, far from his last shot at a Super Bowl. So I, I like, I wouldn't be too crushed if he lost. But then Andy Reid thing would be cool too. I, uh, I'm actually just looking forward to the matchup because you don't always get the two best teams in the Super Bowl every year. And I would say from like mid-November on, this was probably the matchup that pro- everyone was anticipating once the Chiefs got healthy. You could insert the Ravens in there, but they already played the Niners in the regular season. Yeah. So, I'm just looking forward to the matchup, because they're definitely the two best teams in the NFL. You don't always get that. Yeah. Does the point spread make sense to you? The, the one and a half? Yeah, because I don't know. In the, I don't, like, like you, On one hand, you have this ridiculous, just juggernaut running offense that's like the most like dominant rushing offense I've seen in a while that's not like gimmicky like the Ravens and so they could go seven eight minutes and you can't stop them and you keep Mahomes off the field and then you have whatever it is that Mahomes does it's pretty uh pretty remarkable matchup are you are you on record with who you want to win hey Dan. yes the Chiefs you want the Chiefs to win yes. no questions asked now, as an old you know for the time being anyway here Saints fan uh I, I, just, I despise the 49ers I can't stand them Never have liked them, which is funny because you love like the, Giants, the San Francisco yeah. Giants. Yeah, it's 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 not a geography thing for me. Um, I don't I don't like the Niners. I, I like Mahomes. You know, the Chiefs were a team back when I was younger. I always liked Christian Okoye, 
So mm-hmm. they were a fun team to watch, I've thought, and they're fun to watch now. And I like Andy Reid. I feel like it's just a better situation. I, I, I'm going Chiefs all the way. Borky, have you locked in one way or the other? Yeah, I want the Chiefs to win because I have carefully crafted a take on Patrick Mahomes if they win the game, and I would like to uh, deliver that. So I want them to win the game. I just want a good game and a nice big bowl of green beans and beef broth, and I'll be fine. I think it's going to be a fascinating game. What? Oh, did you not see that? One of these stupid maps that the most searched Super Bowl is that Bowl the snap. Mississippi th- green yeah. beans and See, beef broth. People just do that now, though. You I grab actually, one of those color. You grab one of those coloring maps they give you in like third grade when you're trying to learn geography. Yeah, and you just pick a genre of something, candy bar, and you just start labeling across states. Like research says, this is the case. Like actually, no, it doesn't. I looked it up. There is no it. actually no recipe for green beans and beef broth. I don't on even the know what that is. I have a question for all three of you. Sure, I want an honest answer. Absolutely. We we try to. Deal in honesty here. Trade in honesty. Speak for yourself. If I handed you a blank United States map with nothing but the outlines of the states on it, could you correctly label all 50 states? Yep, and I could do it if you just gave me the state without anything else around it. So if you just had the state, not a map of 50 states, but just gave me the shape of one state on its own, I could do all 50. Okay. I could do the whole map, too, though. At this point, a couple of the smaller ones in the northeast might trip me up. Yeah, and I think New I England might get me country. a little bit, but I feel pretty confident. Yeah. yeah. Or you, you might, like, flip-flop Vermont, New Vermont and New Hampshire. And you said the state of New England was going to give you trouble? I said the New England would give me trouble. Oh, the yeah. New England portion of the country, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Was, I was checking. You, you think he knows, actually, that New England is not a state? I don't know. How Bel- do they have a football team? Yeah, Belichick. W- would you get at all... Crossed up in the uh, kind of four corners part of the uh, the West. No, I should be okay there. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty confident. Yeah, I'm glad to hear this. Yeah, can you do all 50 capitals? I think I could get most of them. New Hampshire probably could not do the, the capitals. capital of New Hampshire. Uh, that, ah, I got top, him yeah. right out of the gate. Got him. Concord. Very Concord. There you go. There I you did go. see people say that. Well, Tom Brady and his family moved to Connecticut, so it's a clear sign that he wants to be out of New England. Someone Snapchatted me today. It's like, well? <laughs> Someone Snapchatted me today, a group me, that said, word on the street is Giselle's touring NBA in Nashville. So I've already got all kinds of message board rumors circulating. I like that. that. I'm not going to get my hopes up. I would imagine uh, Brady's kids would be Innsworth kids, but that's just a wild guess. Oh, yeah? Nothing wrong with NBA. Yeah. Montgomery Bell Academy, I believe it is. And then you got Brentwood Academy. What's the old Waverly of Nashville? That's where they're buying golf club memberships. I saw I saw that happening. Bell Mead's like the old fashioned one, but you got plenty. Yeah. What's the um Golf Club of Tennessee? Yeah. Legends. Legends, that's where, yeah. Tom Brady bought a, a membership there, I just heard. It's a couple. Sure. Why not? He was probably given a membership. Yeah. Given the what? They're having a welcome party at Jason Aldean's. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're going to take a quick time out. we got a bunch more coming up for you, including a chat with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Talk Super Bowl prop bets and other things with him and a whole lot more this afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sit tight. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. I call BS on Borky. No way to tell the corner box states alone. That is, that's not true. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with that. Because I mean, Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico all have distinct features. Like Utah's got that little thing in the upper left corner. I guess you can call it a panhandle if you want. Yeah, uh, I feel like you like Utah's got the the kick out at the top, and New Mexico's got the drop down at the bottom, right? Yep. Yeah. And then Arizona has its western border is made by a river, I believe. Well, it so touches it's very, California. So if you know where California is, the next one over. Yeah, is but there, it's yeah. A st- in Borky's standalone exercise. Oh, okay. Yeah, Colorado and Wyoming are the two that are tough, but well, if, Colorado if it's touches done correctly, and, yeah. um, you know Colorado is narrower yeah. than Wyoming. So if you look, as long at, as they are to scale, you're good. As long as they're to scale, you're good. All right, Magellan. <laughs> <laughs> it was the one thing that I got in school. I mean, like my ACT was really good, with the exception of what'd you make on the ACT? Twenty nine. There you go. But that was, I had science and math carry me, which is odd because I don't and never wanted to do anything in those fields. That's funny because I was the complete opposite. You're an English guy. ACT? Yeah. What do you remember? What'd you, what'd you make? 26. There you go. Rippy? 26 as well, actually. I was 27. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, 27, yeah. No, no, here's the, here, here's, so here's the break. I don't remember the exact numbers. I, I remember the exact number on English. Borky, I made a 35 in the English. Oh, wow. wow. I made a 30, okay, either 31 or 33 in the reading. But then? In the science reasoning, I made like a 25 or 26. Still good. And? I made like a 13 in the math. <laughs> like the guy that, that only can fill out his name on the Wonderlick test. That's funny. <laughs> oh, don't they get easier, too, if I remember correctly? Or they get harder. The first questions are like 2 plus 2 equals yeah, they, 4. They get you into it. You and know? then you get going. But I got that one right. <laughs> oh. Over on the East Coast, nobody wanted the ACT. I only took the ACT. Everybody wants the SAT. On when the I decided Coast. to come out here, they're like, "Hey, look, we'll take it, but just do it for us, basically." And so I took it one time. Mm. The SAT was what everybody over there wanted, and that was more writing and just miserable. Yeah. In college, I had to take a map test on the continent of Africa. Really? Yeah. How'd you do on that? I did okay, as I recall. You studied for it? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Um, I don't think I. Got, that's one I, I couldn't do now though. Ninth grade government class, we had to learn all 82 counties in Mississippi and all 82 county seats. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah, well, it's not that tough if you just learn them. I mean, I guess. There are only 82 of them, and you ought to know. It's 82. Yeah, well, but you ought to know half of them like, right out know. of the gate, right? I guess. Half? No. As a high school kid who hadn't traveled much around the state, I don't think I could have done that. Okay. Plus, uh, depending on who's in your class, you have someone do it for you. <laughs> not in ninth grade. You got to be in college before you pull that off. Uh, Borky, the follow up to the text was I still call BS. Maybe Gagliano could do it, but not Borky. Yeah, maybe he could. He's just a smart guy, but I definitely have reading maps right now. Could do it. Uh, Greg in Greenville says uh, Utah has the Salt Lake. That might help you there. Uh, Wade says that he could label the state and capitals. There you go. And uh, Josh points out that the Weather Channel doesn't seem to know where Mississippi is. True story. Landmass. The landmass. There was one map I saw, too, I mean, like three months ago, where they just did not label Mississippi. Like, every other state in the region was labeled except for ours. Somebody said states are easy. Naming all the presidents in order is the real challenge. That would be difficult. Cannot do it. Washington and Adams, and then... You're off from there. Lincoln's few 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 down down the line. Yeah, and then... um, 
Well, William H. Taft was a president, and, uh, you know, there's a few guys in there. It's like from after Grant to before Teddy Roosevelt, I got no idea what's going on in there. Yeah. I know Grover Cleveland's in there. Yeah. That's about it. That's all I can get you. Could you name the 10 most recent Yes. President. Yeah. Okay. That's that's about the window that I can do without really thinking about it. So what, Gerald Ford forward? Well, I can well, for, well start I can start with Trump and go backwards. Trump, Obama, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Reagan, Carter, Ford, Nixon, Kennedy. Nope. <laughs> Carter, Ford, Nixon, Kennedy. Who where did I miss? LBJ. Oh, I did miss uh, LBJ. Uh, Stumped him. He was so confident. That was really confident. Good, though. That's confident. So confident. He was he was rolling too. Oh yeah. If I if, if I had not missed LBJ, I was going to get all the way to FDR. But oh well. So what's that? Sixteen. Is that going back that far? Sixteen is Lincoln, man. Not the number oh. sixteen. Is that going <laughs> like, sixteen in ta- reverse? I guess I don't know. Give or take. Sure. Uh, anyway, um, shout out to LBJ. I'm sorry I missed you. <laughs> Unforgettable. Yeah. Somebody said, don't forget about Chester Arthur. Oh, how could you? How could you? Um, he, was, he was the key to the puzzle in Die Hard 3. I want to go to this story, Rippy, that you were looking at. The, the updated AP story with regard to the New Orleans Saints, the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Am I saying it? Is that the That's proper term? Diocese, yeah. Okay. The, the diocese or Archdiocese? It's Archdiocese. The pronunciation is correct. Yes. Okay. Um, What's the update? And, and and if you missed this story last week, I mean, I, I was out a little bit. We covered it I, I pretty I know you guys talked about it some. So so give me the, the quick Reader's Digest version of where we were a week ago. Or, or I can do that. AP put some damning information that said the Saints were working in conjunction with the Catholic Church. Um, yeah, it's a, court, it's a court battle going on right now. Victims of these 50 uh, various members of the Catholic Church um, are suing the Saints and others involved to try to get emails released showing the correspondence between executives from the NFL team and the Catholic Church. Saints don't want those emails released. They do not. But they They came out with a strong statement that that said it was just PR. Right. That's not the case because the Saints appear to have had a hand in determining which names should should or should not have been on the pedophile list. That's a quote from this story. Mm. In order to fill this role, the Saints must have known specific allegations of sexual abuse against a priest and made a judgment call whether those allegations by a particular victim against a named priest were, in its opinion, legitimate enough to warrant being included. Oof. Wow. It can now not be disputed that the Saints had actual involvement in the creation of the pedophile list. That is a quote from... Uh, that's uh, the, like that's in the writing from the uh, lawyers suing the Saints. Okay, or taking them to court, whatever. Uh, okay, so hey, Dad, you're Catholic. I am. You just kind of made that that's gross, smelly face. Yeah. You're also a Saints fan. Yeah. A large percentage of Saints fans, I would guess, are Catholic. Probably. Certainly, the ones. Possibly the. Biggest percentage of anybody in the NFL, you would think. Probably so. Louisiana, heavy Catholic state. Mm -hmm. um, Heavy Catholic state. At least at the surface level, most Catholics, I I don't want, it's my perception. Okay, go ahead. Are disgusted by these pedophilia stories. Yes. And yet they are rampant. 
and they are all over the place. And so at the very least, most people give lip service to being outraged. Whether or not they are or not, I mean, it's probably up for debate. Some absolutely are, and it's genuine. Some maybe less so. If it is proven that the Saints organization was aiding and abetting the cover-up of some of the scandal within the Catholic Church in New Orleans, in the state of Louisiana, what kind of an effect does this have on the Saints fan base? It depends. I mean, there are some people, like you said, that will talk about being outraged, but what does it change in their life? Are they going to make any changes? Probably not. Um, but then there'll be some, like me, who are just going to walk away from the Saints. I, I mean, right now with what Rippy's saying, I don't see how I can cheer for the Saints. So you're you're going to leave them behind uh, unless something happens in the next you know few months that where they they can get cleared and they're like, okay, it's not what we thought, and somehow the the AP's got what was that guy's name for the Times, the New York, who just made stuff up. I can't think of it. But if this is all legit, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to deal with that. Borky, you're not Catholic, are you? I am not. You need to see. But you are a Saints fan. Yes, and you need to see what's in the emails. That that's what needs uh, yeah. to be done. I want. I'm going to let the story because play out for sure. If it was just a couple, I mean, it's a handful of executives. If it was just them acting alone, then you terminate them and you try to move forward. But if it was like a directive from the owner, yeah, that used these employees and their resources and kind of forced them into this. Um, I mean, you may have to force her to sell the team and separate yourself that way. Sort of to, like a to save any kind of, kind of situation. Yeah. Where it's yeah. Which, that bad. What kind of a punishment is that? Because the team's worth billions, but still, it, if it came from a directive at the top, you cannot exist in your current form. There's no way. Ceasefire text line name five presidents of the United States that are not buried in the United States Donald Trump, Bill Clinton. Barack Obama, George Bush, Jimmy Carter. Nailed it. I'm, I'm assuming that's the answer, right? I have no idea. There might be some presidents that aren't buried. In, I don't know. I am confident that those five... You're right about those five. ...are not buried in the United States. Yeah. Unless there's some breaking news in the last... Sports Talk Mississippi. Sit tight. It's almost here. Super Bowl Sunday coming up from South Florida, right in Lee Sterling's backyard. Lee joins us on the Farm Bureau phone line, AAA uh, uh, Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. That's not the point where I give out the phone number. That's where I say, hey, Lee, what's up, man? How are you? Um, pretty exciting down here. I was on Radio Row. Yesterday, and I just taken a picture with Kamara Usman, and, and then within two minutes, he almost got into it with uh, Jorge Masvidal. So, uh, wow! It's, uh, people are excited here, and I think it started. I mean, the excitement started uh, almost two, well, about a little over a week and a half ago, when uh, people found out the Patriots weren't coming for a change. That, that's interesting to me. I, I would expect, as you say, that there is a significant buzz where you are in South Florida in the greater Miami area because it feels like nationally there hasn't been a buzz. And certainly the, the Kobe Bryant story from yeah. Sunday is, is part of the reason. What would the other reasons be, though, that, that maybe this year the buildup is a little bit – I think we'll get there. I just don't think we're there yet. Yeah, well, I mean, when the president's possibly being, you know, they're going through impeachment hearings, that 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 can be one other thing. And 
I, you know, I just think that people were busy with their lives, and you know, it. it I think these teams just haven't been there in so long. You know, it's been a while. The 49ers were rebuilding, and even though the Chiefs have a huge following in the Midwest, um, they're not really a national team. The only reason people are interested in them is uh, their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. But I think it's a great matchup. I think, you know, the the difference in these two teams is San Francisco having great offensive and defensive lines, and and then – Kansas City with their firepower. When was the last time we saw? I don't think we've ever seen a team fall behind twenty-four and ten nothing in two playoff games and and end up not only winning, covering and and winning easily. So I think it sets up for a great game. These are the two best teams from the NFL this year, right? I mean, we we don't always get that matchup, but I think it's pretty clear that these are the two best teams. Yeah, and and I was even though we went on a nice run since January first. Uh, I think one eleven of the fourteen games we put out. I, I was waiting for Baltimore to have to go up against Kansas City. I thought that would have been a real exciting game, and I liked Kansas City in that game. But I do think that we have the best two teams, and I, I think it's going to be exciting to see Andy Reid. I mean, here, I'm backing Kansas City, and some of the reasons are Andy Reid with two weeks to prepare is nineteen and three against the spread. So I think he locked himself in a room and really studied San Francisco, and I think. When you got that much time, you got a good coordinator and a great quarterback. I think you have a big advantage, and that was one of the reasons. You know, as good as Trevor Lawrence is for Clemson, I just studied Joe Burrow, and he didn't have a bad game all year. And I just feel that Patrick Mahomes is the same way. So you got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes on one side. You got Steve Spagnuolo on the other, defensive coordinator who ended New England's perfect season. Uh, when he was with the Giants as defensive coordinator in 2007. So, uh, yeah, I, I think San Francisco has the better line play, but if, as long as Kansas City can hold their own, and the guy that they really have to look out for is George Kittle. I mean, George Kittle, when you got a guy at 6'4", 6'5", that can run like the wind, and they're going to probably cover him with Honey Badger, who is really good, but he's only 5'9". That's, that's a big, big, big advantage for yeah. San Francisco. Lee, I mean, the the spread on this game is one and a half, yeah. and it seems to have just kind of sat there. I mean, I guess there's more focus from a gambling perspective on this game than any other game in the calendar year, and we've basically got to pick them. Now, I mean, I know technically it's not a pick them, but this is not basketball. Well, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised line. if San Francisco ends up the favorite on game day with a, by a point. Really? You think it's yeah. going to move in that so, direction? Yeah, so I talked to two sportsbook directors, one in Vegas and one offshore, told me that 83% of the money is coming in on San Francisco, and they're just holding the line there. It's one, some places, one and a half. But uh, I think it's going to turn around. And the total, how about this, 97% of the money so far has been bet on the over. Uh, they wouldn't be surprised if it closes at 55.5 to 56 points. All right, so if if I'm just kind of being uh, a contrarian, or if you kind of go with the whole fade the public, then wouldn't that say go the other way on both sides, take the Kansas City and the under? Probably, yeah, and 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 I think Kansas City might be the right side. I mean, the last day, day and a half of betting, everyone was on Clemson in that game, and playing also Clemson on the money line. That line was sitting at six points until two days before the game and closed at four. So I think maybe the best wager on the totals play the second half over. Don't like the game, the total, but the second half over is sitting at 27. 
I like the over there and that. A couple fun prop plays. You know, uh, I can't play the coin toss, but I do like playing the national anthem. So my daughter uh, does a lot of singing for national anthems. She's done a bunch in NBA and Major League Baseball parks. And she always talks about how they set a target time. And they're going to have a flyover. And lately they've been going over, even Gladys Knight. I mean, people thought at her age she wasn't going to be able to belt it out, but they had her at 155. She ended up singing it in two minutes and three seconds. So she feels that Demi Lovato, maybe not as strong as she was because of going to rehab a couple years ago, and she's Hmm. riffing, she's watching the tapes and watch, she's riffing things more and seems nervous, even missed a couple words at the Grammys uh, last Sunday night. So she feels it's going to go under there. And then what would a Super Bowl be without uh, wagering on the halftime? And you got J-Lo and Shakira. Well, both of them show cleavage. I'm going to say yes at minus 250. I mean, that sounds like the gimme of all gimmies almost, yeah. doesn't it? Well, Yeah, I think so. I love that one. They even have one with Jennifer Lopez show butt cleavage. Yes is plus 500. No is minus 1,000. I don't like to wager 1,000 to win 100. I think there's too much vig in there. But trust me, I think the NFL is asked uh, to see what kind of outfit she's going to wear. and I don't think they want any butt cleavage on Sunday night. No, I, I can't imagine that the uh, the NFL wants to see that. Um, so, those are a few props that you like. What are the, some of the more outlandish prop bets that you've seen for this particular game? Well, that, those those pretty outlandish. Yeah, that yeah, one's out there. Like, they've got stuff like you know, uh, will Groundhog Day be mentioned during the broadcast? I don't. I think they got so many other subplots going off. They've got you know the cross wagers between. NBA and and also uh, uh, basketball and other sports, but uh, you know those are those are tough. I mean, you know they got a bunch with with LeBron James. You know who who knows what kind of you know what his makeup's going to be going to that game Saturday night. I think there's better plays on some 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 player t- you know props here like George Kittle. I like over seventy receiving yards. Raheem Mostert who had a great game in the conference finals. I think he's going to go under 69.5 rushing yards. And sacks, will there be uh, more or less than 4.5 sacks? I think there's going to be more. Even though both teams only average two sacks a game, I think you got some supreme pass rushers there. And then uh, also, uh, will there be a sack or a touchdown first? I'm going, to, I'm going to say there's going to be a sack. I think a defensive lineman's going to find a way to get in there. And then probably the best prop, the the one that I have the most money on, will a penalty uh, be for more or less than 15 and a half yards? I'm going to say more than 15 and a half yards. I think we're going to see uh, probably an interference, at least a couple, where DBs just don't want to be beaten for a touchdown, and so uh, they have to take the penalty. I'll take the over 15 and a half there for minus 115 and say yes. Yeah, certainly uh, certainly like that play. Give me. I know you said that uh, South Florida kind of buzzing. You've been in and around Radio Row. Uh, what's what's the overall sense surrounding this game? People really excited to have the Super Bowl back in South Florida? Yeah, they are. You know, it's been a while. Uh, the last one was the, was the New Orleans-Indianapolis Super Bowl. So people really are, and... and and uh, the weather's been perfect. I was on radio. I was here with Kamara Usman, and I took a picture with him. And, and literally four minutes later, he's going 
had it with uh, verbal sparring with Jorge Masvidal. So uh, at least it wasn't you. He was verbally sparring with Miami. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it was uh, the other guy, not you, that he was uh, right. trying to get into it with. You know what's interesting? You see these guys, these are both welterweights. I think, what's that, like in the 170-something-pound range? And you stand next to both of these guys, and I'm like 5'11 and a half, 200, and I wasn't intimidated. <laughs> so maybe, you know, when I met Muhammad Ali back in the day, I was. but uh, Yeah, case, but. You know, but I wouldn't want to get in the ring with these guys. No. I mean, I mean, the athletes, I, I, I love watching MMA. I mean, it's exciting to me. I think boxing is dead. And to watch four or five rounds, and if a guy still, you know, he's, he's still not tapped out, he can, you know, pull a move and uh, get a submission or a chokehold or something, and, and he can win the fight. So uh, uh, there's going to be a lot going on. Trust me. Oh, there's yeah. There's going to be a lot. Oh, yeah. I was at the game on both heat games on Monday and Tuesday night, and they're already arriving for for the game. So, uh, Lee, it's, it's been me, fun all uh, season long. a lot of star sightings at the game. Yeah, it's been fun all season long. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Can't wait to do it again starting next fall, Lee. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, why, why don't we do this? Uh, I, <laughs> next year is going to be, be going to be real exciting with both new coaches you've gotten uh, in the state of Mississippi. I can't wait for that. But let's reconvene maybe the Tuesday or Wednesday before the March Madness and uh, have some fun with that. I love it, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take care, Richard. And there are a million different prop bets available for the Super Bowl. And believe it or not, butt cleavage would not have been one that I thought existed. Yeah, I had not heard about that one, but there you go. Patrick Mahomes completions, over or under 25 and a half? My first instinct is over. It was over twenty five and I so twenty six or more completions. That's a uh, it's a big number. Yeah, it's a big game. Uh, total receptions for Travis Kelsey over or under six and a half. Mm. I lean under. Yeah, on that. Mecole Hardman total number of catches over under one and a half. Not expecting much from Miko Hardman. I see. You're not? I mean, they aren't. It's one and a half. Yeah. You know, will guys miss a field goal? Will they make a field goal? Longest distance? Wow. I mean, it's all over the place. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Uh, no basketball action for the men's side of things tonight. Mississippi State women's basketball tonight? Tonight against Auburn at the hump. At the hump? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to hustle to get back for that. Eh, probably won't make it. Not going to make it now. Hate missing a home game, but it is what it is. Yep. Business uh, is business. Um, Borky, we were talking earlier about the Saints. Obviously, this is a, a different story. And Sean Payton is in Miami for the Super Bowl and has said some things about Drew Brees that don't necessarily offer a whole lot of clarity. Yeah, did a bunch of rounds. He was on first take. He did all the radio stuff. You know what they do when they go down to Miami. And the three things that stood out to me the most, as you can imagine, uh, I didn't want to bring to you everything he said, but the three things that stood out to me the most were that he simply doesn't know yet what Breeze will decide. However, he does want him back. This isn't going to be like a Manning-Indianapolis situation, that the team wants him and will give him 
uh, a pretty significant dollar amount if he does come back. This is not going to be where he takes $15 million to help the team out. Uh, I mean, I've heard and seen written up to 30 um, even on just a one-year deal. So the team wants him back, but as far as the decision, this is not something that they're being coy about. It just hasn't been made yet. The second thing is uh, that he's okay with the performance level, but he does admit it has fallen down some. He said, quote, the job is for him to win, and he's done that. Is the ball going down the field the same way? Maybe it's not. And yet his uh, yards per catch and all those things have been really good. Um, I, I think it's undeniable that you know his production has dropped off. But, I mean, Vikings game aside, which is the only one that matters, the end of last season for him was really, really good and productive uh, throwing the football down the field. And finally, the the well, money. Uh, just let me pause there for a second. I mean, you remember after I came back from that Monday night game, we talked about some of the fact that you know I wasn't being critical uh, because in terms of accuracy, Drew Brees as good as it gets, but he's never been a guy who you look at and go, "Man, that's one of those cannon arm quarterbacks." And even with that said, it felt like there was a little bit off the fastball. That and I mean, they call the offense around avoiding that. And that's why Michael Thomas's reception numbers are so high. But if you look at the yard uh, numbers in relation to the reception numbers, it's uh, it's not a dink and dunk type offense, but it's very underneath. Um, you know, get to the marker, quick routes, that kind of stuff for him. He just they don't have that in their game right now. Part of that is maybe also they don't have the receiver that can do it because Thomas isn't exactly a burner. But they, they call the offense to avoid him having to really test his arm. Uh, throwing the ball down the field, which may be a problem for them. Yeah. But finally, this is the most important thing to me. He said it it was, quote, unrealistic that the team brought back all three quarterbacks. And there's a lot of ways you can interpret that, that the team is not willing to sign all three or that Bridgewater is going to command um, some big money in free agency. But the head coach of the Saints said yesterday, or earlier today, that it is unrealistic that they bring back all three of Breeze, Bridgewater, and Taysom Hill. Which says to us the two of them are coming back. Which two is it going to be? I think it's going to be Breeze and Hill. Okay. I think Hill is a given because he just does too much. Um, so it's just the other way around. I, Breeze's comments, he feels it feels really real to me that he might be walking away. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Bridgewater and Hill are back. Okay. Hmm. I know they can't do it because you've got to work out some things money-wise, but letting Bridgewater walk for Taysom Hill I think would be a mistake long-term. I agree with that. How big a contract can Teddy Bridgewater get on the open market? Hmm. Certainly more than the nine-ish that the Saints would... Yeah. That would be their max deal. I mean, they could not pay three quarterbacks. So... I mean, would you be surprised if Chicago, for example, gives him fifteen? I mean, or if other the Panthers than the fact like, that they've already said Trubisky's. I mean, I get your point, but they did come out and say Trubisky's going to be the quarterback next year, I believe, unless I'm mistaking. No, they they said that a few weeks ago. Um, Doesn't mean that'll happen, but that would be the only, I guess, vein in which, like, the only way I would be surprised. I mean, the Chargers uh, apparently are looking for. Oh, Jay Glazer walked back his comments a little bit, but you can't walk back what you say on live radio. So anyway, uh, if the Chargers do move on uh, from Rivers, maybe that's a route that they go. But they're picking high enough to where maybe I mean, they can go get a quarterback. Fifteen million a year, to your point. I mean, that's 
that's a relatively good value for quarterback in the NFL. Absolutely, especially one that you know is – I mean, he can play. He's not going – Teddy Bridgewater's not winning you a Super Bowl. He's not. He's limited. He's good. He's stable. He's limited, though. But for that price, when you're trying to rebuild a roster, especially if you use him as like a bridge guy. If you're Indianapolis, for example. The Chargers. Or the Chargers, when you're bridging from Rivers to the next guy, you can even draft a quarterback – and then sign Bridgewater and know that you're in good hands as you build a roster around your future. If you were the Chargers and you could sign Bridgewater and draft Herbert, that's that's a good that's a good solid base that, right there. That now. makes sense to me. And especially if you can get Herbert, where do the Chargers pick? Fifteen ish? Are they that? Are they, are they that higher high? than that? They're higher than that. Yeah. I mean I was just trying to kind of think, you know, where in terms of signing bonus They will pick at six. Ooh. It's Cincinnati, Washington, Detroit, Giants, Dolphins, Chargers. Panthers at seven, which is interesting as well. Is there any question that Washington's taking Chase Young at number two? Not a lot of question, but you never talk about them trading back for a ton of assets and letting somebody else take Chase Young. Has New England got the assets to go get Chase Young? Doubt it. They need receivers. Yeah, yeah they, they do. Yeah, they can't do that. What's the team that would be most motivated to trade up for a player like Chase Young? The Oakland Raiders. That's a very good one. Yeah. It's almost like they had a dominant edge pass rusher and let him go. To be completely Amazing fair, there, that, that trade worked out okay for him. If you look at what the draft picks turned into. Yeah. Atlanta, maybe? Rippy, back to what you were saying, does that make John Gruden smarter, or was that a calculated risk and he got lucky? No, I mean, he's not an idiot. Yeah. but again, And I guess knew that there was Mac. going to be significant backlash. Khalil Mack, a little bit of a quiet year this year, too. How much do you buy into the idea that L.A. and Oakland slash Vegas need to make a splash moving into a new stadium? The Chargers do. Well, for sure. But do you think that matters? Do you think that it will change the way you make a move if you're Oakland, moving to Vegas, where Derek Carr's not selling you any tickets in Vegas? I think there's going to be a lot of excitement for the NFL in Vegas, and and that will initially draw people. Now, they don't need to be terrible forever. Raiders fans are going to stick with that team. They're a cool brand. Chargers, not not, not so much. Read and, that Wickersham seat licensing piece. The Chargers are a disaster. And I was going to say, th- there's almost a novelty factor initially to the Raiders in Vegas. Now they got to develop a fan base. They need to be a competitive franchise in the near future after that. But you get the novelty because Vegas has never had the NFL. The NFL in Los Angeles is old hat. Been there, done that, kicked them out, got them back, kicked them out. Now we got a couple of them. Didn't really need to. Say what? The Raiders almost went to Los Angeles. That's another thing in that story. Jerry Jones played a gigantic hand in that whole deal. Most powerful man in the NFL. Did you see the $300 million yacht he pulled up to Miami? Doesn't have time to have a bad time. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, like... Everyone in L.A. is Raiders fans. Not everyone. Feels like Vegas will adopt them pretty quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. 
And they're not that far apart either. Yeah. Yeah. Very different things, but I mean, hockey is killing it in Vegas. Hockey. I feel like hockey kills it everywhere in local markets. Hockey's killing it in Nashville. It's just not national appeal for it. Sports Talk Mississippi will wrap up the 4 o'clock hour with you coming up next. Conversation with a friend as I was driving down to Jackson this morning, and we got off on the topic of Nashville and the growth. I, I don't know when the last time you guys were in Nashville. I guess last year for the SEC basketball tournament. I was there for the Music City Bowl. That's right. So you saw. I mean, as you make your way from West End where Nashville is, all the way down to Broadway, um, it is. It's crazy how much construction is happening in Nashville. Everywhere you look, yeah. there are new buildings going up. And I'm not talking about new 3,500-square-foot office buildings. We're talking about 20- and 30- and 40-story hotels and you know mixed-use office space and all kinds of stuff. It's absolutely exploding. I don't know how sustainable it is. There's international investment all over the place. But it's absolutely bursting at the seams. And Nashville has become a professional sports town. Obviously, the Titans were first. The Predators have been a raging success. There has been talk about the possibility of Major League Baseball at some point getting into Nashville. You know, we kind of kicked around the idea with Zach Bingham a couple of weeks ago about, you know, is there a possibility for a new football stadium so that Nashville can get into the Super Bowl mix? I think everything's on the table. But people in Nashville have been really excited about Nashville SC. That's the Nashville Soccer Club. Part of the MLS. MLS, a couple of years ago, awarded Nashville a soccer franchise. And you may remember this conversation because at the time, when it was announced that they were getting a new stadium at the fairgrounds area, there was a discussion, Borky, about what? About Vanderbilt possibly sharing the facility. Vanderbilt. Yeah, a hard no. Yeah, hard no. Keeping it on campus. Because they had to keep up the uh, game day atmosphere there. It was one of the reasons yeah, well, they what, cited. I mean, what? You got to have more seats for Georgia fans. Oh, yeah. Or, or, or whatever. Um, Titans played at Vanderbilt Stadium for a year. When they first got there in 98. A lot of Georgia fans at those games? Preds first and, year, And that too. was after playing at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis the year before that. So... Um, but now, all of a sudden, they've got, uh, they got problems. Earlier today... Nashville SC and the MLS met with Mayor John Cooper at MLS's office in New York City to discuss the status of the stadium project. The new stadium and the ancillary development have had broad support throughout Nashville and have been overwhelmingly approved multiple times by the Metro Council. But the mayor has not provided approval to begin the demolition uh, demolition to move forward with the stadium project. For the fast four months, the Nashville Soccer Club has worked to main, uh, make the stadium deal even better they proposed a number of new solutions to satisfy the mayor's concerns. Even with that, the mayor today at MLS's offices refused to commit to move forward with the demolition and the approved stadium plan. Don Garber is the MLS commissioner and made it clear to the mayor that Major League Soccer would not have awarded Nashville an expansion team 
without the commitment made by the city to build a soccer stadium at the fairgrounds. So does this mean they're going to lose it? I don't think that the at, – at least based on what I'm reading here, I don't know that it can be rescinded. It doesn't sound like that's an option. Beautiful games here to stay. Nashville SC has agreed to work with the mayor's office over the next week to try and advance discussions and finalize a plan to begin the stadium construction project. They're hoping to have a solution and an update in place by February the 6th. Reading some of the comments after this tweet from Nashville SC, and I know Twitter is not necessarily an exact representation of what everybody else is, but the general thought is this is an awfully strange hill for a re-election bid to die on for a mayor. Everything Nashville has done in the last two decades through the Nashville Sports Council and, and other things has been forward-thinking and progressive and inclusive, uh, you know, SEC basketball tournament, SEC women's basketball tournament, draft, Titans, Predators, huge fan support, people coming and coming and coming and coming. Ruining those bachelorette parties, though. Bachelorette's parties. That's an issue. And then he's got the mayor throwing up a roadblock for soccer. Which, if any city, I mean, if any southern city would support soccer, you'd think it would be Nashville. It has turned into a multinational city. Wouldn't wouldn't the people who support soccer be the communists? Maybe. Sorry. See, but people say that, and the communist countries are by far the worst countries at soccer. Always. Lose one nil a bunch. (laughs) This this capitalist country hasn't been great either, has it? Well, you know. Yeah, so I don't know where all that's going. I just I found that fascinating, and I know we don't necessarily have a bunch of uh, soccer junkies, but nevertheless, still can't believe Vanderbilt is just choosing not to take advantage of somebody building a brand new stadium that they could use freely—not freely, but you know what I mean. Sports Talk Mississippi College Football Fix coming your way next. Think he even did a little time in the slammer. What was I thinking? Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour, Thursday afternoon. Weekend around the corner, a weekend that will include the Super Bowl. Also will include basketball for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Bulldogs are at home against Tennessee. Ole Miss is on the road against LSU. That uh, is on Saturday. Thanks for being with us. Glad to have you along. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. If you want to be part of the conversation, we would love to have you join us in that way. Don't forget that at uh, Ceasefire this winter, you can uh, experience healthcare on call with the Ceasefire Health app. Skip the waiting room and get treated by a UMMC clinician right from your phone from anywhere in Mississippi. Plus, for a limited time, visits are just $29 for C Spire customers. With C Spire Health, it's easy to get quality care for colds, the flu, earaches, nausea, sore throats, and other minor non-emergency medical conditions. Learn more at cspirehealth.com and get well sooner. C Spire, customer inspired. Time right now for the College Football Fix.
College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. The F-150, 43 consecutive years. That is four score and three years ago that the F-150 began its run as the best-selling truck in America. It's not slowing down anytime soon. Great vehicle. It's what I drive. Encourage you to at least test drive one, get behind the wheel, especially if you haven't in a long time. The F-150 is fantastic. You can do just that. You can test drive one. You can get great financing deals at your local Mississippi Ford dealer, and you can do that today. All right, hey, Dad, college football fix coming your way. K.J. Costello had a visit with Washington this week, and... I think we talked yesterday about the fact that it looked like maybe things were trending in that direction with K.J. Costello. However, Mike Leach is going to jump on an airplane and fly all the way across the country to have an in-home visit with Costello and family. What gives? Just for me. And, and I've, I've never been recruited and I've never done any recruiting, but it's, it, it feels like it would be bad form to tell a coach, yeah, come all the way out across the country from Mississippi to California so that I can tell you no. Now, he might tell him I haven't made up my mind, but to just to say, hey, Coach, thanks for coming. Hope you enjoyed dinner, but I'm not coming to Mississippi State. That seems It just seems unlikely to me. Yeah. So my guess is this, and it's just a guess, that either tomorrow we're going to see K.J. Costello is committed to Mississippi State or this is going to continue to drag out for a little while longer. The thing is, though, for both Costello and for Mississippi State, in my opinion, you have time. It's not like he wasn't going to be here for spring practice anyway. So it's not like you have to get him into the rotation. Uh, he's got time to make his decision. Mississippi State has time to wait on him. So there's not a whole lot of pressure on anybody here. Um, but there doesn't it doesn't appear to be uh, – I, I still think that, you know, the Washington visit probably – you know, there, maybe there was a visit hide there. You know, those things happen. You, you go there and you, you're sort of swoo, you know, swooned by the, uh, the city of Seattle, which is a fantastic place to live, I would imagine. And – you know, all, all the stuff they have there. But you come home and, you, and you, you start thinking about it again. So, you know, Leach going out there, the ability to, to sell him on, look, I'm going to throw the football basically every play. <laughs> and, and you're going to get the chance. You're going to get a chance to be that guy, to be the trigger man for that. Where you, you're going to put up ridiculous numbers and, and you're going to show off your arm. That's a good selling point as opposed to – not that Washington – Washington is a really good program. As a program, they're ahead of Mississippi State right now. New coach – New offense, new everything up there. You know, you don't you don't know as much of what you're getting into as you know what you're getting with Mike Leach. Who was the head coach that got the Washington job? Jimmy Lake, who was the defensive coordinator for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would think that Washington would have laid out a clear plan for what they're going to do sure offensively. Do. With, uh, with K.J. Costello. And even though it's a new place, you do know what Mike Leach's offense is going to look like. Um, how does the Chase Bryce thing factor into this? Right I mean, now, it, it feels like KJ been canceled. So he, I, I would he, ask. Yeah, he's not coming to Starville this weekend. Okay, so that they are not. I assume they've either moved on from him, or the, I don't think, to my knowledge, nothing's been rescheduled there. So they have moved on from him. I think the next name up is Peyton Ramsey from Indiana. Yeah, um, who is leaving uh, Bloomington? Uh, I think if 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 Leach gets an idea or gets the idea tonight. That that it's not going to be Costello. You'll see Mississippi State try to move its focus to Peyton Ramsey. Is this a sign that he doesn't love what he's seen watching tape on Trader, or is it just more he? Well, I mean, 
I was headed the same direction. I, I'm sure the, the coach speak answer would be, you know, competition is a good thing, and it is. But how can you not take it as that? And plus, the other thing to remember is this, with Schrader, is you can redshirt him. And State really would benefit from being able to redshirt Schrader and Rodgers this year. And then, you know, if Costello comes in, Keaton Thompson probably has to go. And Jalen Maiden probably not far behind him. But if you could redshirt those other two guys, then you can sort of stabilize things. So I think it's a little bit of, of that. And I think it has to be a little bit of I'm not 100% confident that Schrader can be the guy for me. Yeah. I think it's you know there's so many players in the transfer portal, right? I mean thousands more more players than spots available. We know that that's the case. But I don't think you're active in the transfer portal for a quarterback mm-hmm. unless you are looking for somebody to come in and play quarterback for you. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree with that. You you don't go to the the transfer portal to pick up a grad transfer to just come and hold a clipboard. Not only that, I mean, think about it from the other perspective. The player, the grad transfer quarterback, is not going to a place where he feels like I might not win the job. No, you're right. You know, I think we especially had to, somebody like KJ Costello, who's clearly got options. And we had this last year with Tommy Stevens. And I try to, you know, a lot of Mississippi State fans believe that, oh well, you know, Keaton's still going to beat him out. That was never going to be the case. Keaton Thompson was never going to beat out Tommy Stevens. Morehead felt he was better, and that was just the way that it went. And this is the same thing. I know there are a lot of people who love Keaton Thompson because he, you know, was able to beat Lamar Jackson in a bowl game. And I like Keaton. I've talked to him. Good kid. But he's not going to be the quarterback under Mike Leach, I don't believe. I would be incredibly surprised if he's the quarterback under Mike Leach. I think it'll either be a grad transfer or if they have to roll with what they have, it'll end up being Garrett Trader. What do you think an in-home visit where Mike Leach comes to your home would be like? That's a good question. Uh, do you have any uncles with you know slight onset dementia? <laughs> I mean, something like. I mean, the guy's going to come in, and my guess is well, and, and, there's going to be serious football talk. I mean, well, that's what I'm curious about. But there's also going to be because you, you we read the story, we talked with the, about the story from the athletic, where even in his quarterback meetings, when they're doing game planning and supposed to be watching film, this thing goes off on a tangent for for two hours, and they look up and you know haven't talked anything about football, and they've been in a meeting two hours. If you get into an in-home visit and somebody's trying to make their decision, is he going to stick and stay on football? Mm-hmm. I don't. Think it doesn't he... appear that he sticks and stays on football ever. No. My guess is, you know, I would imagine that Mike Leach is a smart enough guy as in a recruiting process to let the the recruit sort of guide the questions. Yeah. But there, there's going to be a point where he just starts telling a story. Something in his in your house is going to catch his attention. Something your mother cooked for, for dinner is going to spark some sort of memory with him, and you're going to get a story out of him. There's just no way around that. King Biscuit says, I think Jalen would kick rear end after a redshirt year. Well, he, he's already redshirted. Yeah. So that's not, a, that's not an opportunity. Uh, question here, why do we want a quarterback that wouldn't be at spring training? Because... Mike Leach has said over and over again that his offense is exceedingly simple to grasp, and he can get it. He can get it in the fall. Yeah. For those of you who are Gettysburg Address studiers, thank you for correcting me. Two score and three years ago—that's how long the Ford F one fifty has been the best-selling truck in America. Not four score and three years ago. Scores twenty years, not ten. I erred. Forgive me. Whatever. It happens. 
Well, it's Gettysburg, right? Four score and seven years ago. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And that, that's like now I'm, I, I was backtracking on everything. Uh, Keith and Vaden, heard you guys talking about hitting the jackpot. <laughs> Ask Rick, Rippy if he won how much he would donate to Bernie's campaign. All of a sudden, Rippy's not so inter- uh, interested in redistribution. <laughs> if he hits the Powerball, I'd probably give him a couple hundred bucks to stop sending me text messages about why or why not. Wait, you're getting text messages from Bernie? Y'all have gotten it before. Not too. from Bernie. I haven't gotten anything. No, I don't Y'all feel the burn. Y'all haven't gotten the uh, hey, this is so and so from the Bernie Sanders campaign. Absolutely not. Nope. Yes, you have. I've talked to one of you about this. You no, I've, talk to this I've guy. gotten messages from Lucky. like the Texas GOP and the Texas Democratic Party. My my name is floating around in a Texas database. Congratulations, red blooded American. I know you've gotten one of these. Uh, no, I've never gotten a text message about Bernie. Of course, I also don't have a Bernie Sanders sign in my front yard either. Grass is growing tall. It's hard to see. Yeah. <laughs> That's your college football fix driven by Ford. Feel the burn. Forky killing it on the bump music today. The All Valley Under 16 Karate Championships. From the Cobra Kai Dojo. From the Miyagi, I'm sorry, Miyagi, Miyagi, <laughs> don't you love it? Wow, what's not to love? What's your favorite scene from Karate Kid? Uh, the scene where uh, Miyagi and uh, Daniel go to Cobra Kai, and he explains how it's going to be to uh, to Sensei Kreese. You're a pushy little fella, ain't you? Yeah. Ain't you? Yeah. But I like, I like that. that. I like that. Yeah. By the way, I saw the commercial. He doesn't look that bad. Mm. Hey, I mean, considering he's got to be close to mm. 70. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Borky, do you wish you knew anything we were talking about? Nope. I'm good in my bubble. I love when he when he gets the yellow car. That's a good scene. When he's driving off. And, yeah. Banzai, Mr. Miyagi! Banzai! Banzai! Love it. It's a sweet car, too. It is. It really is. Is that the car out of the, uh, the lineup that you would have picked? Probably. There was a baby blue convertible in there, too, that was fine. There were a lot of options. Yeah. Yeah. Second place scene would be the scene where Miyagi explains everything that he's been teaching him. Like, he just thinks he's sanding the floor and painting the fence. Show! 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 Exactly. That's that's great. Richard and Wiggins says the Halloween scene. Somebody said Cross knows a movie reference? There are, like, three movies that I know all the movie references from. Karate Kid, Top Gun, and what's the third one? Parsity Blues? Sure. That'll work. It's three. Is there any el- anything else? Roadhouse? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've seen Roadhouse, but not like those others. That's fine. Certainly not as like those. As long as you've others. seen it. A Few Good Men. Absolutely. That's a good choice. Absolutely. Does think better with his bat. Do you go, do you go the full John Rothstein on that? Like, more dependable than A Few Good Men on a Sunday? Ooh. John Rothstein's kind of created a thing. He has his like, own. He has his own language. It's like a, it's, he sells T-shirts. I'm saying there's a line of T-shirts now. Yeah, vernacular. I mean, I use some of it. I use "We Sleep in May" or yeah. whatever it is. Borky, you need a Will Wade uh, American Gangster T-shirt. 
They sell if they sell those. Do they really? If they sell those, I'll buy you one. Yeah. We get a uh, a special deal on the back that says wiretap will just for you. See, that's why we need just a, a whole merch tab. Get a t-shirt guy and just make random stuff like that. I could sell the crap out of wiretap will shirts and koozies and all that. What is the what is the movie that you can quote every line of that you get every reference to? Because I, I don't think that I'm like on an island of one with I, I don't get all of your movie references. Yeah. I just don't watch a ton of movies. Right. Um but everybody's got at least one, right? Animal House. Okay. Wedding Crashers in the Hangovers. Uh, somebody Maybe did ask just a second ago, is Wedding Crashers there? Robert and Tupelo says Christmas Vacation. Blues Brothers. There's an Animal House reference. Except an airplane reference. gets the Animal House references. Do what? Put a tweet about the Germans bombing Pearl Harbor and you'll get well actually the hell out of here. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Forrest Gump coming to America. What are the Forrest Stand Gump by me. What pop, what pop culture references am I making from Forrest? I'll get run, Forrest, run. But. Blazing Saddles. I don't even know what you can't. you got to be careful is. with Blazing Saddles. Yep. I, would, I wouldn't go too far down that road. Jaws, Talladega Nights, Blazing Saddles, Tombstone, Oh Brother, Tombstone's Where Art Thou? Oh Brother, Where Art Thou's a good one. Ain't dumb and Dumber. must be dumber than a sack of hammers. You said Dumb and Dumber? I could do Dumb and Dumber. That's a good one. I nearly passed out watching Dumb and Dumber in the in the... When he got the karate thing where he's speed bagging the guy, I, I almost fell out of my chair. Smokey and the Bandit. I, that's a great one. That's a great choice. Smokey and the Bandit might be the most quotable movie ever. I'll hot take that. Mm. Sandlot. Sandlot's good. Sandlot is great. Old school. Old school's a good choice. Hey, did you guys watch Swiss Family Robinson much growing up? I've seen it. No, not much. That's one of the movies that like we downloaded for my kids. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's not a rental on iTunes or whatever. It's actually there and downloaded, not just floating around even in the cloud. And I think they watched it three times last weekend. Absolutely love it. On my way home, uh, Rambo from First Blood. That's a good choice. On my way home from Jackson, it looks like the last rewatchables was about heat. That's a great movie. I'll watch that. I'll listen to that. Listen to it? Yeah. Going down the road? Yeah. All right. Um, the I mean, Godfather should be mentioned here, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we've got a Scarface reference, Revenge of the Nerds, Pulp Fiction, Hoosiers, Austin Powers. <laughs> There's some references on here that I don't feel comfortable mentioning on the air, etc. Um. Hoops going into the weekend. Let's do net and then look at the matchups that are coming up. LSU's now the highest ranked net team in the SEC at 22. Kentucky's 23. Cats struggled in the first half with Vanderbilt last night, then kind of pulled away and, you know, one by 10, one by 11. There was a whiff of friskiness for a minute from Vanderbilt. Uh, Rippy will vouch for the fact that we talked about as the show was ending yesterday, and and maybe that one even started at 5 30, maybe in the 5 o'clock like- era. They were up with this late as like six minutes to go. Yeah. In the game or the half? The game. In the, in the game. Vandy was? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe even later than that. Five, four minutes. Anyway, we were talking what? yesterday. I said, playing Vandy, coming off that big win at Texas Tech, 20 and a half feels like a lot of points. 
Surely they'll win an SEC game eventually. Vandy? They've got Florida at home this weekend. Not that one, then, probably. Kentucky is 23 in the net. Auburn, 27. Arkansas, 38. Florida. I'm sorry, Bama's at 40. Florida, 42. Mississippi State, 43. Tennessee, 61. Jump down, Ole Miss is at 109. Vanderbilt, 165. So State's got a couple opportunities, you know, because they have they still have another game with Alabama, they right? Still have another game with Arkansas, and uh, they have the game with Tennessee. So those those could be some good wins for them, and obviously Kentucky. I was gonna say Kentucky's still on the horizon as well. Now, I'm not I'm not too confident in their ability to go to Rupp, but we'll see. I mean, Vandy was up with five minutes to play. You're not last wrong. Night. You're not wrong. So this weekend you've got Ole Miss at LSU. Two teams played what two weeks ago. Ole Miss led for a big part of the game. Feels like that's a taller hill to climb in Baton Rouge, Rippy. Would you agree with that? Would agree wholeheartedly, particularly coming off the loss they just came off of. Texas A&M is at Georgia. I mean, I feel like at some point Georgia's going to win a game. You would think. Another game? Yeah. Is but A&M Edwards just kind of keeps winning, Borky. Is Edwards as good as everybody says he's he is? He's good. He's but, really but, good. But people keep screaming, oh, he's a lottery pick. He's a lottery pick. Uh, he's a I watched three pick. games. He, but it's a bad draft. I watched three uh, to, games in a row, State, Kentucky, and when he played Ole Miss. He just, like, like, if you consistently forget he's on the court, are you really that good? I mean, lottery picks should be able to take over games, especially against a team like Ole Miss. And instead of attacking off the dribble or doing anything at all, he just sat back and settled for – He settles. I don't see it. It may, he may he will be a lottery pick because the draft isn't very good, but I I don't see it. You see a lot of talented, physically imposing freshmen that come through college basketball. You see very very few that are built the way Anthony Edwards is. The the tools he is grown man NBA ready physically today. Yeah. His game's not there. So do you think that's a product of a big-picture movement, especially like in the AAU levels, where everybody, I mean, thanks to Steph Curry, mostly just stepped back and just jacked up three-pointers instead of developing a game? Because if you say he's, I mean, he's that big and got the size, but his idea of getting his team back into a game is taking ill-advised, contested three-point shots. I mean, is that a development issue? You know what college basketball doesn't have a lot of? Shooters? Great shooters. Yeah. Great shooters. There's just not that many. Everybody's an athlete. Everybody wants to get to the rim. And, you know, it, it kind but, of makes you even appreciate more when you see a legitimately great shooter. Who's the, the best uh, shooter in the SEC? Well, hold on first. Let me finish that thought. Okay. What was the kid's name at Purdue last year that went off and is tearing up the NBA? He's doing okay for the Celtics, but name's escaping me. Cameron? No, it's odd. Obviously. Carson. Carson. Carson Edwards. Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Carson Edwards was a great shooter last year. We've seen a few come through here. Yeah. I mean, Marshall Henderson was probably goes in the great shooter category. Certainly, when he the, was on. It was stupid. Yeah. He took a yeah. lot of shots. He did. He, he was certainly a was a volume, volume scorer. Yeah. Moody was a more efficient Marshall Henderson. I agree with that. He was. And Chris Warren was probably a better pure three-point shooter than either of those two. Best best shooter for State has been Q for the past five, six years. Q Weatherspoon. Yeah. Who's the best three-point shooter you've seen at Mississippi State in the last two decades? Daryl Wilson. No question. Yeah, I, I, no I, question. I'd have to that. think about it. 
Sports Talk Mississippi. Talk a little more hoops when we come back with you in the Renaissance. LSU won again last night. They've won nine in a row. It's been a while since they had the loss to East Tennessee State and Southern Cal in back-to-back games. 7-0 and to start SEC play. 11-1 and at home. Got four road wins. Are you guys buying LSU? So they had had the run. They smoked Tennessee in the SEC opener. And then they had five straight in the league that were by four points or less. And then last night, they they punched Alabama in the mouth pretty pretty good last night. It, it feels foolish not to buy in at this point. I mean, then they're just they just keep winning. So you're buying what Will Wade, American Gangster, is selling? He's made me a strong offer, and I've I've accepted it. They, I evidently am just driving the LSU bandwagons in all sports now. I'll take payment in gumbo and jambalaya. Let's go. They're all right. Significantly worse than last year. Yeah. I don't think we've got three NBA players on the team this year. No, don't think so. Um, Skyler Mays is good though. He he just kind of makes them go, and Emmett Williams is playing better and better, and um, well, the the freshman whose name I can't remember. There was some talk about him being a one and done guy, probably not. Uh, anyway, Kentucky at six Watford. and one. Yeah, Trendon Watford. He's playing better. Javante Smart's playing better. They're good. They got some pieces. Mm-hmm. Cats are six and one. Their only loss in league plays to South Carolina. Auburn is five and two, but that Auburn is eighteen and two overall. And I don't think they're that good. They got Kentucky coming to their place, college game day this Saturday. I will not be shocked if they win that game because it's going to be such an incredible atmosphere. I mean, what what they've done at Auburn Arena to turn that into a massive home court advantage won't shock me. But I also won't be surprised to see Kentucky play significantly better than they did last night against Vanderbilt. So that's seven and zero, six and one, five and two, and then you get into a log jam. One, two, three, four, five, six SEC teams sitting at four and three in league play. I don't know how to separate them either. Mississippi State's playing better. First time they're over five hundred in the SEC this year at four and three, but we've seen a little Jekyll and Hyde with them. Alabama four and three got popped last night by LSU, but they've also got you know pretty impressive home win against Auburn. And beat Mississippi State by 21. They did. Took double overtime. Oh, I'm sorry, Alabama. Haven't seen them against Ole Miss yet. South Carolina, 4-3. and three. You know, they got a home win against Kentucky. Nobody else has done that in league play. Pretty good win on the road against Arkansas last night. That's a good win. And you know they're a well-coached team. Not going to beat themselves, probably. Florida's four and three feels like they're trending in the wrong direction. I, I, I'm not ready to abandon my. I don't think you want to play Florida at the end of February, beginning of March, but I'm close to it. Their fans, they are not happy with no. Michael White. No, they're not. Tennessee's four and three. They're not scary though. Texas A&M's four and three, and you go, how is that? How is that team in seven games won four 
league contests. It's because they play so hard. They make it ugly. They make it nasty. They're diving all over the place. They're a terrible three-point shooting team. They make just enough. Savion Flagg's good player. Josh Nebo's given a little bit. They got a, a a true freshman that's playing well. And you got Arkansas at three and four. I feel like Arkansas is better than three and four. Arkansas is probably better than almost all of those four and three teams. I think they're better than Florida. I think Except for the fact that they lost to Mississippi State. You are what your record says you are. Yeah. And Isaiah Joe's been banged up the last couple of games. Yeah. Missouri's two and five. Georgia's one and six. Ole Miss is one and six. Vanderbilt's 0 and seven. Yeah, paint me however you want. I feel like out of those four teams at the bottom, Ole Miss is the best of those four. I think. I'll give you that. I agree with that. I mean, they beat Georgia. They haven't played Vanderbilt yet, and there's no real argument they there. They did lose to A&M. But they lost to A&M. Still wild but again, A&M's 4-3. and three. Blown four double-digit leads in seven games. Yeah. Yeah. So you can either look at it from no ability to close, or they're talented enough to have double-digit games against really or double-digit leads against really good teams four yeah. times in league play. I think you look at it from both. Yeah. I agree. Maybe there's a little bit of both there. Who's going to win the league, LSU or Kentucky? I'm going to say LSU. I'm not going to be completely surprised. You mentioned that atmosphere if if Auburn beats Kentucky this Saturday. Yeah, no, I I agree. They're 11 and 0 at home this year. Yeah, I mean it's just I went there last season uh, for when Mississippi State played them. First time you'd been there. First time I'd been there. Woo! Incredible. And and on top of that, you know that was the game. Auburn was not playing well really coming into that game. They beat State and then they didn't lose again until the Final Four. And when that place gets rocking, man, it's it's tough. It's loud. It's tough. Loud. It's hard on opponents. If they start making threes, it's you're and, in and I mean that's the thing. Okay, what was the difference in Auburn first half? And we talked about this going into their game against Ole Miss. Are they going to make threes or not? In the first half, they didn't make threes. They were down seventeen. They were one of fourteen at the half. One of twelve at the half. Twelve. I think. Missed their first eleven. Made the last one. One of twelve at the half. And they hit five the rest of the way. Or seven the rest of whatever the number was the rest of the way. More. They made threes in the second half. They make threes in their building. Like make them. They can run Kentucky out. Where where does LSU play Kentucky this year, Dino? Oh, let's see here. Baton Rouge. Yeah. Only once. Just one time. February eighteenth. They got a somewhat favorable schedule. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take LSU to win the conference. A&M twice, Alabama I've got to go twice. to Auburn on Saturday, February 8th. Yeah. I mean, LSU will have a chance to make a little run at the end as well. Texas A&M, Arkansas, and Georgia are their last three. So even if they stumble a couple of times, it's going to be kind of a finish strong down the stretch. Yeah. You look at Kentucky and kind of their stretch run at the end. Auburn. Tennessee at Florida. Certainly LSU's finish is easier. I think LSU wins the conference, but Kentucky wins the SEC tournament. Playing it up in Catsville? Yeah. I'll zag. I'll say LSU Lucks run out. Kentucky eventually wins the conference. Okay. 
If uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can on the Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Borky, who wins the SEC? I guess Kentucky. I, I, I just more athletic than LSU, and as Rippy said, feels like the the luck is going to run out a little bit on them. Don't forget, if you miss any of the show, you can always go back and get it online, on demand at supertalk.fm, or you can download it via a podcast. We had a question earlier today. Hey, did you guys talk about Jordan Tamu being named uh, starting quarterback in the XFL for the St. Louis team? We did yesterday. If you missed that conversation, you want to hear it, go back, download the podcast, listen to it when it's convenient to you. They had a, Did Fitzgerald make a roster? He made that roster. Oh, Saint, he's on St. Louis. Yeah. Was he going to play? He's listed at quarterback. Uh, so that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, but I would imagine. Don't you think they'll 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 try to do some Taysom Hill stuff with him? Probably. I would hope so. Too good an athlete just to keep off the field. You would think probably so. Probably. So I'm just catching on to this. They don't have the geography or res- geographic restrictions that the the yeah, 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 Lions no, no, tried. No. no. Okay. No. Yeah. Just sign whoever. Also, if you missed it earlier today, conversation with Jake Mangum. You can go back and listen to the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast and get that in its entirety. Hey, Dad's also going to make it available to you on the Thunder and Lightning podcast stream. That's absolutely correct. There you go. There you go. Tom Brady posted a very cryptic tweet. Okay. It's a picture of him in black and white, and you can't tell if he's walking towards or away from you, but it's in the tunnel, presumably at Gillette Stadium, as like his goodbye leaving type thing. That is crazy. Is he leaving or is he like going back out on the field? How are we looking at that? I think he's walking to Nashville. How you, awesome would that be? You hope, don't you? Uh, that's definitely the back of him. Yes, he's walking out onto the field. That's his back. But is that like a... I'm leaving or is he just messing with everybody that's crazy i love it though i have a feeling he hit send and just started laughing yeah there's no question about that (laughs) it's like hey g hey g check this out now watch the watch the uh watch Watch the retreats yeah watch the likes what does it mean is that even gillette See, I first I was trying to look closely to see if that was Nissan. Because Gillette, they have some weird deal where they go from the sideline down this little thing to get to the locker room. What is the uh, what's the wording on the, tar- the reflection there? Well, what does the wording on the tarp say? I couldn't tell. I tried to zoom in and I just couldn't. We'll get it on this. Sports Talk Mississippi.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.